Support for this podcast is brought to you by Hermes Family Dental Practice. Do your molars hurt because you're an elf that's been eating too much sugary food? Perhaps you're one of Santa's helpers who needs assistance straightening the teeth of a doll before it's delivered to a little girl on Christmas Eve? Or maybe a reindeer who's suffering from cavity pain because you've been eating too much of Rudolph's reindeer chow? Even if you're just a misfit who doesn't feel like building toys and you're looking for a change in your career, Hermie the Elf is here to help you. Pop on by into the office located on the corner of Santa Claus Lane and Tinsel Road. Just keep an eye out for the polar bear directing traffic. Book an appointment in advance online using the promo code TISTHEPOD for 20% off your first visit. Enjoy the show. Hey, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey, listeners. Welcome to Tis the Podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. All right, and today we are going to be discussing the 1998 Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Jessica Biel classic, I'll Be Home for Christmas. I don't want to challenge you this early on, but I don't think it's a classic. I use the term (laughs) classic very, very liberally with this. Before we head down this road, though, I do want to let everybody know how much we appreciate your uh, listening to Tis the Podcast. We are just at a month in. And we are now getting over 70 of you listening to our podcast today, which is really exciting. So thank you. You've given us all this encouragement and excitement to keep doing this. Um, yes. Thank you so much. We would have. Con- happy. It does. We would have continued to do it, but not nearly as excitedly as we are now. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, when we started this, we talked, I had, I had told Julia and Anthony, I'd be happy if five people were listening to our podcast on average. So we can't tell you how excited we are and your support is blowing us away. So thank you very much. Now on to the greatness. Julia, do you want to fill people in who may not have seen this movie yet? All the lucky people that haven't seen this movie. Um, so I'll be home for Christmas. Here we go. Jake hasn't been home for the holidays for years. This year, he plans to avoid it as well and tries to take his girlfriend, Allie, with him to the beach instead. That is, until his father makes him an offer he can't refuse. The 1957 Porsche. Things don't go exactly according to plan when Jake wakes up dressed as Santa in the middle of the desert. He's only got a few days to get home and to patch things up with Allie, who is now riding cross-country with Jake's rival, Eddie. Can Jake make it home in time to claim his porch and save his relationship? Sounds so Christmassy. (laughs) Gosh. I really want to talk about this movie, but I know we have a, a structure to follow. So, Anthony, what is your history with this movie? This was a November 1998 release, so I was eight I think I liked it back when I first saw it. I was a fan of Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Home Improvement. I used to love that show in general. Flash forward to now. <laughs> this dot, has, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> this um, 
was never in my yearly Christmas canon. I remember seeing it a few times since my initial viewing, and uh, I have a distinct memory of liking it less each time. And then I had to pay Amazon $3 to rent this piece of crap last night to watch this film. If, not, if it's not clear to any of you, I did not like this movie. I don't have a history with this movie. <laughs> I just will. Can we leave it at that, please? Because I really <laughs> no. Please and... keep talking about how much you don't like it. <laughs> I'm really not looking forward to discussing this movie. In my mind, there's nothing redeemable about it. Well, no, I'll take that back. There's one or two things redeemable about it, but well, yeah. Let's not I'll, give the whole thing away now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into details now. Because I feel like if you do, the episode will be over in five minutes. (laughs) All all I'll say is that, you know, it's uh, whatever. I can't can't say anything without giving anything away. So I'm going to leave it at that. I don't have a history with the movie. I don't like this movie. Julia, Julia. how about you? (laughs) So my history with this movie was watching it today after spending the same good hard two ninety nine on not even the HD version because I knew that would have been complete waste on Amazon. I did standard too. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I just the entire movie, I kept looking at how much time was left in it and hoping it would just go faster. But the crazy thing is I have like eight pages of notes on this thing. But really it's just eight pages of can you believe and oh my gosh and I wrote the word UG like 12 times <laughs> associated with different quotes. I mean, I, my only experience with Jonathan Taylor Thomas is like Anthony on home improvement. I loved that show. Um, I, I wasn't a teeny bopper and I didn't read tiger beat or all those other magazines. So he's, he wasn't my thing anyway, but yeah, I really, I really hate this movie. Wait, I, what is tiger beat? Isn't that what it was called? I was a guy. I don't know. It was like one of those teenage girl magazines. Yeah, I think it's one of those those tween heartthrob magazines. Like that Justin Bieber would be uh, featured in nowadays. Yeah. They don't have them by the supermarket checkout anymore the way they did when we were kids, do they? No, now they shove them in the back where all the magazines are and you have to Hmm. really hunt for them, I'm pretty sure. They definitely (laughs) still exist, though. Yeah. I was Uh, not a fan. Well. Not a fan. (laughs) I was not a teeny bopper either, and I did not subscribe to Tiger Beat. Jonathan Taylor Thomas was always kind of meh to me. I started it over the weekend, lost focus, started again, lost focus. And then yesterday, after Ellie, our daughter, went down for bed, I laid in bed and watched it and found myself continually playing on my phone. My reaction as we go through this, just a fair warning, may be more visceral than Anthony's this time. (laughs) And I'll leave it at that as our teaser. Wow. Um, That's saying something. (laughs) And so for the overall plot of this movie, this is the most ridiculous, like white privilege piece of junk I can possibly think of. You've got a spoiled rotten kid who is swindling and conniving everybody he possibly can. And he tries to, to... get his girlfriend to go away with him for the holidays doesn't understand why she's mad has no plans to go back to his family until his dad 
offers him a Porsche. I'm sorry. If I'm paying for your college and you're my kid and I want you to come home and you take and transfer your ticket to go to, to go to Cabo San Lucas with my travel agent through some sort of weird dorky guy who I watched him on his computer is not a hacker. <laughs> you're, not only are you not getting a Porsche, I don't know how you're getting anywhere because I'm not giving, paying for anything. This kid is just an awful kid and the whole plot synopsis of him getting left in the Mojave. Okay, I'm going to let somebody else talk. Um, that was okay. me throwing my pencil <laughs> if you heard that noise. I, I do have to ask, was it explicitly stated in the film that his college education is being paid for by his dad? I think it was definitely implied by the fact that he had no job, was a swindler. And... Okay, so then your point stands because if he was paying for his education himself, well, in the movie, when he needed Does that something... excuse the Hustler no, 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 attitude? No, 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 no. It doesn't excuse <laughs> him at all, but it excuses his dad for wanting to see his son so much, he would do anything to try to bring him home. Well, and then there's this... this you remember in the movie when he's, he's stranded and he calls his house and talks to his sister, and they have that really mm-hmm. bad line that was supposed to be a joke where she's like, when did I become your slave? And he says, the day you were born? And she's, oh... Oh, yeah. Okay. That was just ridiculous. I'm an older brother. My sister would never have responded that way. She would have hung up on me. My sister would have had a few choice words for me that I can't just, repeat on this podcast and then hung up on me. But then he's calling his dad to ask for money. So we definitely see there's a financial dependency here. Mm-hmm. How deep it goes, I don't know. Can I, I, just, I just don't understand why Jessica Biel was with him to begin with. Uh, yeah. Um, because he quotes E.E. E. Cummings. <laughs> like every freshman college student who takes intro to lit there's nothing yeah ugh. that whole scene where she's just trying to justify to the bully what's his name eddie was like the e-man what yeah the e-man sick man on the end of everything is that the 90s i wrote down several times i'm like was this the 90s because I don't remember the 90s being like that. This is a horrible, awful, terrible misrepresentation of the 90s. I mean, straight out of the bat, they hit you with midriffs, big foreheads. Who wears Biore strips on their nose in public? <laughs> and then and offers to thing, show a boy? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, no. No, oh. like the fashion isn't even right. Okay, while well, we're talking this, about this the fashion. Like a, that was not a college campus either. This it was, was high school. No. It was 100%. high school. Why was and a kid in college up, in the locker? They shoved into a locker. Yep. My, that's the first in college. Note. So my first thing is, as we're getting started with this movie, I'm thinking, what the heck is going on here? What kind of high school, high school student is trying to get his girlfriend to leave the country with him for Christmas vacation? And then I learn, oh, wait, they're in college, but there was a locker. And there's obviously like these same little like stereotypical bad 90s high school cliques. You First know, of all, mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor Thomas didn't even look like he was belonged in college. No. Not Jessica Biel looked t- 10 years older than him. 10 years older than him. His voice didn't break. Like, <laughs> neither of them belonged in college. She looked like she should have an entry-level career in her mid-20s, and he looked like he should be finishing up high school and getting his driver's permit or something. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the college thing was definitely an afterthought. Maybe the writers, directors filmed the whole thing and were like, you know what? This is slightly scandalous for high school behavior. Well, maybe yeah. we should make it college because oh. it is scandalous for a Disney movie. Are you kidding me? When I went through watching this, I wouldn't let my kids see this. Not just because it's a terrible, awful, horribly written, terribly acted 
terrible movie. Terrible. In, but because there's like super questionable stuff in it. In fairness, for kids this age. Disney used to be a lot edgier back then. Hocus Pocus. This even, this Hocus Pocus has some questionable material for our younger kids. The whole, you know, oh, the whole focus the whole of virgin the virgin, thing. the virgin thing. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. That's my favorite <laughs> Halloween movie. But I'm just <laughs> me too, and I give it a pass because that one's at least funny. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Despite the, the fact it got catchy. terrible reviews, but yeah, let's not get on a Halloween tangent. <laughs> I better to talk about than this movie. Can we turn this into a Hocus Pocus podcast? I don't think anyone would complain. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah, it's a total high school parading as a college. Problem number one of many, many problems. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I didn't even bother to learn what his name was in the movie. I refer to him in my notes as JTT the entire time. His name is Jake. This <laughs> is like, it's Jake, I'm not. Yeah. Oh, it is Jake. So there you go. Maybe it works. <laughs> I, I mean, there's nothing I like about this kid. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to ask you guys right Not now, right, thing. right off the bat, what is his most egregious crime in this movie? Like, in your mind, what pissed you off the most? Which of his idiotic decisions pissed you off the most in this movie? Waking up and being himself. <laughs> <laughs> Breathing. <laughs> Breathing. <laughs> I don't like the whole hustler thing. I don't like how... He's a self-centered hustler. I think that's what bothered me the most. Because you, he wasn't reliable at any point in the movie. I couldn't trust a word that he said. But this just goes to show the stupid internal movie logic because he's a self-centered, he's supposed to be a self-centered hustler. But the minute he hears about like, oh, a sick kid at the hospital or like, you know, everything, it doesn't take him anything to change his mind and be like, oh, well, here's the money and oh, like, yeah, when he shows up at the mayor's house to give away the thousand dollars to get, that's another thing. I could turn this into to some sort of drinking game with every time he has a perfect opportunity to go home and blows it. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think alcohol poisoning is the end result of this game. Why? Why did he stop off at that stupid village to confront his girlfriend when she was heading home to the same town anyway? He could have just met her home down the street that evening. That made no sense to me. I was disappointed to learn that Edelbrook was not a real place because it did look kind of like a fun Christmas village. A German yeah, Christmas village. I thought village. the same thing. The whole Bavarian theme. I totally yeah. would go there. It reminded me of Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Yeah. That little Bavarian uh. area. So, and the other thing we're glossing over completely in this entire film Eddie and the jocks tried to kill him. <laughs> this was a felonious act to desert somebody with nothing in the middle of the Mojave. This is a felony. And after he tried to help three of them cheat on their stupid test. Oh my God. This movie enrages me. I was just going to say that those vultures probably had more on-screen charisma and believability than any other than any other actor in this movie, particularly Jonathan Taylor Thomas. But those vultures, they were overdid them too. It's like, okay, do it once and it's funny. But 12 <laughs> minutes later, they're still following him around. It loses all of its potential humor. Is this a movie yeah. that killed his career? Did he ever do like a big mainstream movie after this? Or was this it? Good question. That's a good question. 
Because if this is a movie that burned his career, I say to him, good riddance, pick your scripts better in the future. <laughs> um, it was not. Well, what came afterward? Well, he did a lot of TV shows and voice acting afterwards. Um, Nobody wanted to see a smug face on camera again in the big screen. But he was in a movie called Speedway Junkie and Walking Across Egypt after I'll Be Home for Christmas. But, you know, I I do feel kind of bad. He never really – he tried hard to break away from his um, home improvement character, little Randy Taylor – but never got there. His his movies just never really took off. I mean, he had what? Man of the House, Tom and Huck, some other ones in there, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But he never really got anywhere, and I feel kind of bad for the guy. Doesn't that speak to him? Because look at other chill, child actors. Like Jessica Biel? She's still herself now. Emma Watson, <laughs> every character she plays is still Hermione. Mm-hmm. Like so, he could have still been that little, you know, Randy kid in every movie he does, and still been successful. Just like Emma Watson and Jessica Biel had a career after this, just like all of them, but he didn't. And maybe that says something about him as an actor. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, if you're listening to this, please come on and let us interview you about your career. <laughs> Like I said, I don't, oh, I don't, that's sad. I have no, I like the guy. I mean, he seems like a pretty okay guy. Just this movie was really not on fleek. Hashtag not on fleek. <laughs> I love that you giggled after you said that. Well, I'm trying to use real, I'm trying to make this as believable as a, a, a two, 20 teens podcast as this was as a, as a nineties movie. Um, <laughs> Since we've been talking so much about JTT, can we just get right into this? Are, are we in his character officially in our discussion right now? I think so. Well, I think okay. we, we've yeah, jumped think so. all over the place, but yeah, sure. Let, let, let me ask you, Julia, since you're the only female on this podcast. Mm-hmm. If JTD, JTT did everything he did in this film, like misled a tour bus full of, pe- uh, bus full of people to go to this village because he pretended to have an organ to transplant and everything. And he pissed you off. You went home. If he showed up at your doorstep in a one-horse open sleigh, would you take him back and forgive him as easily as she did? Oh, heck no. No. Okay. Nope. And no. See, well, and that's let- funny you said that because like that was the point where I started to really not like Jessica Biel's character in this movie. You know yep. what I mean? I really quite liked her if I had to pick somebody I liked through a good part of the beginning of the movie. I mean, I love when she's getting in the car with Eddie and saying, you know, if you do this, I'm going to slug you. If you touch me, I'm going to slug you. If you blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I like this girl. It totally undermined the whole strong, independent woman thing right there. Well, the whole, her character did in general, she tried to be so strong and independent and then it's like, oh, there's mistletoe. Ha ha ha. Let me fawn over you and kiss you, Eddie. Even though I've said nothing but horrible things about you this entire time. I, I, yes. did, I did like when she made him put on like 20 layers of clothing before she got into bed with him to sleep. In the yeah. I thought that was amazing. In their honeymoon suite? In the honeymoon suite. <laughs> yeah. well, while we're talking about the, the, the we we're talking about uh, how you said the worst part for Jonathan Taylor Thomas for you was when he had the organ donation on the bus. Yeah, for me, that was like. Can I just ask, what bus full of grown 
uh, adults is going to see a styrofoam ice chest written in crayon for a <laughs> human liver donation and be like, oh, I got to do something now. Bunch of idiots. That this movie is full the, of stupid people. That scene with the bus driver and the army guy, this is your tri- whatever he was saying to convince him to go make that detour, I was like, cringing and rolling my eyes and that bus driver like okay we're going here but only because i want to not because you know i'm like come on this is so stupid yeah and what is it with every bus driver character in every movie has to have a line stay behind the yellow line like uh-huh. <laughs> why would an organ donation be taken to a hotel why would, an org- why would a donation be on a bus that you have to pay to sit a seat in? Those things are flown on helicopters, right? I, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure they're, they're probably transported <laughs> much quicker than on a bus in a styrofoam cooler. In specifically designated right vehicles, whatever that vehicle is. <laughs> not a public bus. <laughs> and not written in crayon. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Jessica Biel's character I saw as a very flaky, weak character. I'm sorry. I know we talked yeah. about her being strong, no, but she, no, she, she goes where the wind blows. Well, I mean, that was strong in reference to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> in any other situation, we would say very different things, but if she was put in, if that character was put into a movie today, like she'd get oh, lambasted yeah, by critics and audiences for being like, yes, a stereotypical weak female character. Did she? Yes. Did anybody get lambasted? What? I didn't even look at how this movie was rated. Uh, I it's got terrible reviews, but I didn't read any reviews because I was like, I wasted enough time watching the piece of crap. I'm not going to read the reviews now. Five point four out of ten on IMDb. What? That seems high. So high. <laughs> so high. That seems incredibly high. <laughs> Ooh, if you guys are saying that, I'm curious to see the numbers you give it. But anyway. So then we have Eddie. <laughs> the, most unintimidating, the most unintimidating bully in film history. Like the such a slime, like a weak little looking slime ball idiot guy. Having said that, I did find him amusing. Comparatively, comparatively to the other characters, I found him amusing. Well, like, come on, that's the guy who cast as a freaking bully? No, no, he was so unintimidating. Now, you know, he and Jessica Biel played a romantic interest, apparently, on Seventh Heaven. Yes, I did know that. I did not. What is with the bullies in the 80s and 90s films? I'm younger than you guys. I don't remember, like, bullies I dealt with were not like him or, to bring it back to Hocus Pocus, which you mentioned earlier, Jay and Ice, and I just don't get it. I don't get it. They're so idiotic. You didn't have stoner bullies? No, I didn't. Or the stoner didn't hang out with the random rapper guy and go around bullying people? <laughs> what, what, when I was in high school, the stoners kept to themselves. They were pretty happy people to be around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's lots of 80s movies that have a bully, but some are done a lot better than others. Like Goonies, right? You had the jocks. They were kind of the bullies. They were really more obnoxious than just bougie. Um, 
if I would have written this movie, you know, as an armchair screenwriter, I would have changed Eddie's character and not made him so much of the bully as the loner rebel, kind of like Heath Ledger from 10 Things I Hate About You. But that's who I would have, that's what I would have done. I think that could have gone a lot further because he's not a jock, but he's supposed, he hangs out with the jocks. He's supposed to be a bully. I think they could have gotten a lot more weight and didn't, I guess they really, we can tell by their script writing for Jonathan Taylor Thomas that they had no interest in depth. You know what character. I would have, you know what I would have done if I'm the screenwriter and assuming you kept his character personality the same i would have had him and jtt road trip the rest of the way home because i enjoyed the scene when they had the car together that could have been a funny movie that could have been hilarious with them but, singing together randall yeah. <laughs> that was actually i'm like okay these guys they're kind of fun i i enjoyed the two of them in the car together and then he kicked him out 30 seconds later for the stupidest reason i can't be that good a guy are you kidding me you're gonna Come get a porsche better, yeah I can't no. have I can't have you driving a poor, cooler car than me. No, I think they could have been, you know, they could have had a, an odd couple thing going and, and had all, shared some antics and made it a little more comedic. Yep, 100%. Um, okay, now I want to bring up the character that I found redemptive and pretty amazing. Nolan. Nolan? Okay, so I have real questions about Nolan. <laughs> I have so <laughs> many questions. <laughs> so Is many he questions. a stoner? Or, and what's up with his accent? Is he from the South? Or I, is he from California? Or is he it, from Utah? Or is he from, I mean, I, <laughs> I was like, what? I don't, <laughs> I want to know more about this guy's life though. I'm not going to lie. Like uh, <laughs> when, we, when he first meets Jake and Jake's like, am I alive? And he's like, sir, I have never been happier to answer that question in my life. Yes, you are. And he's like, have you been asked that before? Oh, maybe 10, 12 times. <laughs> what? I don't know. He's just kind of this real simple guy who, again, gets, in the end, ultimately gets swindled by Jake. It's funny you call him the one redeeming character because he's not in my mind. I really? Enjoyed his, I enjoyed his character, but I didn't find he had many redeeming qualities. He... He, he, was, was a, he, was, he was still a crook. He was still a criminal. He was still a wanted man. It doesn't matter if he had a heart of gold. He was, no. Oh, he did, though. I just, he wasn't smart enough to know any better. I mean, when you have a dad who tells you things like, it is better to go down in a blaze of glory than to rot in a state correctional facility, you're probably not going to go anywhere in life. And at the, uh, he's the first one that has, he seems to like have this real Linus moment. That, that I found so mm -hmm. endearing. He does. I did like that part with Esteban, the sick kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That part was sweet. And he made he made. And I was a... hopeful too. I was like, oh look, it's happening! It's happening! The Linus is happening, and, and then it just happened for Nolan. <laughs> oh, I'd written down well, we'll here is Linus moment, and I'm like, erase that. Nope, just kidding. But <laughs> still even a dark Nolan, when he's like, he's like, I feel like you owe me something, and Nolan just turns and he's like, you're right. I almost forgot. It gives Jonathan Taylor Thomas a hug. I mean, the guy is yeah. just, he's just your sweet, lowly, simple guy who doesn't know any better. Yeah. I mean, and I enjoyed him better than the cop. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just making a really ridiculous stretch because he was the one person in the movie that kept me laughing. I thought you were going to say the one redeemable character was the mayor. Yeah, that's who, he's on my list of redeemable characters. Oh, he was Which, such... let's just say for a second, he's on screen for less than three minutes. You timed it? So this is the standard. No, it's me guessing. I should have oh. timed it. But this is the standard we've got, right? For who's a Because, you know, if he would have been on screen any longer than that, they would have jacked him up somehow. But the because mayor is not the only redeemable character in my mind either. He was so boring, though. Boring, yes. But... I'd rather laugh at a crook than... 
<laughs> wait, 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 wait. Can, can we talk about, because you brought up the mayor, can we talk about the Santa race? Do you, yes. do you, I was do you, Kenyon wearing a helmet. Not that. Do you, do, you, do you know what point made me laugh really hard? Because it was so freaking random. And, uh, I think I know. <laughs> when the old lady tits over on the chair clapping. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, what was that? that? What was it? What happened I there? I ran that back once or twice. I had to rewind to it to see if I missed anything, but no, she's literally <laughs> clapping and tips over. There's no motivation for that fall. That's high comedy, right there. I also, I also love the the jumping nun and the other nun holding the sign that says "Jesus loves Santa." Jesus loves Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, I tell but, ya. But the Kenyan with the helmet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The the random Kenyan thing, I'm sorry, felt a little racist to me. It really it's did. It's extremely racist. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so terribly it's racist. Like, oh, look, there's an, a- there's an African guy. We are suddenly have a... a, 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 the, fir- some, a ch- the first thing JTT says to him is Kenyan. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. But why was he wearing a helmet? <laughs> <laughs> what did that have it, to do with anything? He wouldn't have won the race because he didn't have a Santa hat. He didn't have a Santa hat on. Yep. And it's not like he hit the sign that hard, or the 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 cutout that hard. He could have kept running. Yeah. Yeah. But it kind of served him right because he, he turned around on. to be smug and then bam, smacked into something. Maybe the only time karma actually worked in this entire movie. Yeah. Can I just <laughs> say how many times Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Sorry, Jake. Almost dies and let's just say it. Should have died to put an end to the movie faster. <laughs> so many times. He could and have that- been mowed over in the middle of the street by all that traffic. He could have died in the desert. I mean, like multiple times. I even wrote down karma is telling us that this Santa needs to die. We need to be done with this Santa. And what's funny about that to if he died, it would have ended our misery because the movie went on long enough. It's not even a long movie. It's 86 minutes. But it felt <gasps> like... Serious? It felt like three hours. It felt like it three felt hours. It felt like three hours. It's under 90 minutes, and that's with the credits. I find that I find oh. that really hard to believe. That's crazy. I'm Not that I doubt you, but you know what I mean. No, okay, no, so I don't. you said when he should have died with all those cars. Go with me for a second here. Let's think this scene through. You're in a car, and you hear... All of these tires screeching and horns honking. You're the passenger. You don't look. You don't turn to look. And when you turn to look, you don't notice your boyfriend there. Like, what's going on in that car? I understand that, you know, that, that Eddie, Ed, the E-man, is trying to speed away quickly so she doesn't see him. How does she not? I'm, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend this a little bit. Just a, just a, just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> what are the odds if she looked over and saw him, she would have recognized him. Because if I'm looking for my wife in a crowd, I'm not, I'm not going to immediately think the person in a Santa suit is my wife. That's where, you and, I, that's where you and I are different people. <laughs> Especially in the middle of nowhere. But still, I mean, if you look at him, you can, it's not like he's... It's not did like he's, it's a good Santa costume that, that hides who he is. I don't know. Did he still have the beard glued to his face at this point? No, because no, he'd already he, been in the car with the old lady. The old ladies had ripped it off. So what's new, pussycat? Wow, 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 wow. I did think their shirts were pretty funny. Tom Jones is terrible. <laughs> I agree. So I felt like did that needs to be said. Their shirts? Uh-uh, I didn't <laughs> notice the shirts. Said I'm Jones and for Tom. <laughs> and they were Tom Tom girls. Like glittery shirts. Yeah. The antics that the, that he gets into, like the riding in the car with Jones and ladies, 
it's <laughs> it's unnecessarily suggestive and which is gross <laughs> oh that scene was just gross i'm sorry <laughs> but the, the old lady in the in his lap is bad enough but then they bring in the dentures like yeah in what world is somebody gonna say here random stranger i just picked up on the side of the road can you put it's these in- dentures back in grandma's mouth oh and then stowing away in a dar- dog kennel with a dog who keeps farting on him the entire plane ride. Nothing says Christmas like dog flatulence. <laughs> That's when you know it's Christmas. See, I, I honestly, I, I saw that part and I completely don't remember it <laughs> because I think I saw him getting under, getting put under the plane, and I'm like, okay, he should freeze to death. <laughs> yeah. He, another he, reason. Another way. Another time. Karma's like. <laughs> Arma, you missed your chance. And the whole reason for not wanting to go, I'm sorry, he decides he hates his stepmom. He's too yeah. old for that. That's what an eight-year-old hates their step-parent for. Not college a 14-year-old kid. looking college kid at a college with lockers did and you strips. Did you recognize who the stepmom was? What other early 90s movie and or late 80s movie? She was the mom in Honey, I Shrunk the Kid and Honey, I Blew Up the Kid and all those movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, she was... She was pretty redemptive. She was trying, I was, when we're talking about redemptive characters, she kept trying to reach him. Yeah. I, and I actually did find this scene between them at the end sweet. Although, what man so what's measures. your sweater size? The, <laughs> what man measures like, his sweater in, in inches? That's not something I, I mean, you go to the store and it's like you get a small, medium, large, extra large. Yeah. Like, I, I would never be able to tell anyone what my sweater size is in inches. Like, I'd be lost. Yeah, that was lost. I really wanted to think that was super sweet. But when, when he he returned the and what size is yours i'm like oh gag we're gonna buy her sweater her, her, <laughs> also don't we know her better? reaction was sweet her reaction was yeah, sweet it was genuine it was. but as a young man you learn very early on don't talk to women about their age or their clothes sizes or their sizes no. or their sizes it's just not polite i did think it was interesting that when she talked to him on the phone she just put the christmas tree up you know did you notice that she was like we've just got the tree up waiting for you and they were talking on christmas eve who puts our tree up on christmas eve that is an actual tradition out there that a lot of people <gasps> do that my, is my it really my in-laws do that depending on the year yeah so like an east coast thing no i think that's like everywhere yeah like, some people just do it i know i know a girl in high school i know people in that. england who do that yeah that, that's very popular a girl i knew in high school santa decorated their tree i've heard that happen to oh, people really? too yeah yeah which okay. just add that time to the whole like trying to get around the world thing and my mind is blown i feel like Boy, i got no gypped because santa never decorated my tree yeah well pretty efficient it is but, um i i mean i thought i i think i find the whole idea of that very nice in a way like christmas eve is magical and everything decorate the trip up mm-hmm. i need that tree up like the day after halloween i want to yeah. see it for like a long time yeah that tree would never come down if i had my way (laughs) but while we're talking about the mother and redemptive characters i found his father for redemptive too his father was a good guy but just very enabling very enabling enabling but i also found the sister too she she used her cash to get him home i felt bad for them to have to deal with such a insert expletive son slash brother at the end he was nice but throughout the rest of it you could tell the guy just wasn't nice to his his family at all my sister and i didn't have the the best relationship in the world growing up we're really close now but i mean we were three years apart and fought like cats and dogs but when i went to college and i would come home she was always excited to see me she would not be saying no no don't tell him to come home you know what i mean can i tell you a story about my sister i would love to hear a story about your christmas hating sister and this is going to bring it back to Harry Potter, actually, because it always does. Yes! Um, 
So me and my sister were not close growing up, but we are close now. She's like two and a half years younger than me. Anyway, for the Harry Potter movie premieres, I always used to go like really super early to get in line and I would go in costume. So like, you know, once I'm there in full Dumbledore regalia and everything, and she, you know, shows up later on because she doesn't want to wait all day and she's there with a few of her friends and, you know, it's Harry Potter opening night. There are a bunch of people from all around at the theater. It's packed. So I'm trying to talk to her and she's like ignoring me. And I'm just like, no, and I'm just like, Alisa, can you hear me? And she turns to me and with a straight face, she's like, I'm sorry, sir. My mother told me to never, I I could never talk to strangers. And then she turned away from me. I was like, I just, (laughs) yeah. Was she so embarrassed? She was. Oh, do you have pictures of you dressed up, dressed up as Dumbledore? I do. Those need to make it to the uh, this week's blog. Uh, yeah, they do. I'll send them over. Well, did you dress up as anybody else, or just Dumbledore? Oh yeah, I've dre- uh, for the last movie I dressed up as Ron <gasps> with Sarah. She went as Hermione, but like the red hair does not go with my darker skin. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it even more. I've now. been Harry before. I just wanted to say about the mayor. Short amount of screen time, but you know the fact that he runs that race every year to win the money and buy turkeys for all the less fortunate people. He was my favorite character. Yeah, I thought he was sweet. Maybe uh, dull, but sweet. He was the a way, cliche to me. Okay, but it's all cliche. <laughs> comparatively speaking, in a movie full of horrible people, he <laughs> stood out to me. Cliche or not, he was. He was. He was a good guy. He really was. I wish they would have let him develop a little bit more, though. Right, right. Like why this is something that's important to him, why he does. I mean, there was there was a big missed opportunity for some some Christmas cheer there. Well, at that point, JTT didn't think he'd make it home on time, right? So they, he should have gone in to have like a meal with him, and then he could have found out his plate and got him home somehow. See, that would have been real. That would have been cool because, and that would have been right fitting with his character, and that would have added a little um, another element of interest for this guy. But I mean, just again. This JTT guy, Jake, riding in a cab, and somebody's like, oh, yeah, the mayor usually wins, and he buys turkeys for everybody. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I was going to go home, but let me go take these turkeys. That's just not a believable character choice. Yeah. Imagine if that wasn't true, and that taxi driver was just a jerk and lied to him. and that- <laughs> took, him took him somewhere and got mugged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It would have served him. <laughs> that seems more appropriate. He should have got swindled sometime in the movie. That would have been a good good Linus moment when he sees, you know, what he does to others. I thought the turf and turf restaurant, <laughs> the cop that wants to win his wife back. So first I thought turf and turf was pretty funny for a restaurant that just serves meat. That made me I laugh. Was. But I mean, we're, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here, people. Um, I liked Marjorie initially, right? She's kind of a quick talking, no nonsense chick. Plus she's from Ed. Did y'all ever watch the show Ed? Mm-hmm. with the lawyer in the bowling alley it's oh. great i would highly suggest it it ran for like four or five seasons and she was on it in the same mm. kind of character i liked her up until the point that she took him back because are you kidding me that wasn't me <sighs> kissing her that was the jaegermeister oh my gosh and then i'll make it up to you on the velvet skirt of the christmas tree <laughs> <laughs> oh my i'm just so inappropriate and i'm like well there goes marjorie cross her off my list yeah, that's where she and like she's. I thought for sure either that or when he made the when Jonathan Taylor Thomas told him to get you know get down on his knee and be really sweet. Yeah, 
I thought one of those two moments would have like sent her fuming as it should have. Yes. But it doesn't. She could have decked him. You know why she didn't? I'll tell you why she didn't. (laughs) Because if she did, the movie would have ended because the cop would have thrown JTT in jail because the only reason he didn't is because he helped him win her back. Wait, I thought he actually believed him after he gave away all that stuff to the kids. Did he? See? I don't remember this movie. Like, you know, because what kind of Santa doesn't take a KitchenAid toaster oven to children in a hospital (laughs) then what was jtt's motivation to help him because he offered him a ticket a bus ticket Uh, and also the guy was going to nebraska which was a few states closer to new york got it did it drive Uh, anybody else crazy that everybody called him santa yes except nolan because nolan genuinely thought he was santa well, I thought he did call him Santa. That's what I'm saying. Nolan actually thought he was Santa, like legitimately. Oh, right. Like, like whether they legitimately thought or not, I hated that they called him Santa. I liked the kid in the Santa? bathroom with him when he was trying out his different ho-ho-hos. That was funny. Well, yeah. the first one's good with little kids. The second one's good with big, for bigger kids like me. And the third one's good if you want to scare people. Yeah. I Hello. didn't. Do you know why I didn't like that? Why? Why? Kid didn't wash his hands. Oh, <laughs> gross. Anytime they're Didn't. in the bathroom, nobody washes hands. And you know, I never in a million years would have noticed that if I weren't married to my wife. Thank you, Christine, for giving me a, something to talk about in this movie. Oh, because she saw it. No. Because she called no, it out. No, 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 no. Because hand washing is a. Uh, let me just tell you this. When people walk into our house, our daughter looks at them and saw in the sign language telling them to go wash their hands. Oh. <laughs> That's so sweet. I was a little scared you were going to say because my wife does not wash her hands, but I'm like, no, that's not right. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. I'm a militant hand washer as well. I get it. Yeah. So it's just really gross. Nobody washes their hands in bathrooms in this movie. He had no money. What was he eating on this whole trip? The souls of the watchers of the movie. I don't know. Can we talk about that creepy angel running over to him at the house, like looking like he was going to beat the crap out of him and then just stopping and like, I forget the line, but then just walking away. Like that is the most depressing parade I have ever seen in my life. And they're walking through a neighborhood and nobody comes out to see him. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? Why are they walking this parade through a random neighborhood? I'm sorry. I don't live in New York city. I live in a town close-ish to what that looks like. And if I hijacked a one-horse open sleigh, cops would be all over me by the time I pulled into my house. Like, how can you hijack a one-horse open sleigh and take it away from the parade route like that? You can't. I'm, I'm willing to try. <laughs> oh, is there any Christmas movie that takes place inside of a jail? And then you can do that before we record that episode and record from inside of the jail. There is one. There's one. I can't think of the name of it right now. It stars Dean Cain as a small town cop with a daughter uh, and they have Christmas hijinks. But I would really rather keep my record clean. I was about to say, there was your homework Um, Can I say one more thing about the dad? I, I love Gary Cole. And like, I think he's a great actor. I think he's a funny actor. I loved him in Office Space. Oh my gosh. I loved him in the parody Brady Bunch movies as Mike Brady. I love him on Veep 
I think he's hilarious. So I was sad to see him so underused in this film. You know, so you know the director, Arlene Sanford. She directed the second Brady Bunch movie with a Gary very Cole. Brady sequel. A very Brady sequel with Gary Cole. Yep, that one's my favorite. So I, I wonder if that's where they maybe met each other. She also did another movie that I kind of liked, and I'm going to go on and nerd out on this. Um, it's not definitely not written for my demographic. Um, it is the Good Luck Charlie Christmas episode. I love that episode. Me too. It's like a made-for-TV movie. Yeah, yeah. What'd you say, Julia? I feel like we overshadowed. I love we... Good Luck Charlie. Have you seen the Christmas one where? I probably have, but I can't. I've got to watch it now. What where... happens in it? Uh, Teddy wants to go on this trip, and her dad says, "If you can get the the." money for the airline yourself you can go and so while they're um on their way to fly to florida to see the family teddy gives up her seat in exchange yes. for airline tickets yeah well, yes the same director directed that and i just i feel like that's why i feel okay tearing this apart because i everybody should have been able to do better jonathan taylor thomas has done family shows his entire upbringing that's where he he rose to fame uh, Did- Jessica Beale has done great things. Her Seventh Heaven character was awesome. Gary Cole has a wonderful. It uh, comes down to the writing because it, I'm just looking exactly. at I'm looking at the screenwriters now, and there's not a lot of information. There are three writers, and there's not a lot of information on two of them. But one of them has made some written some pretty bad movies. Like what? Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Enough said. The Master of Disguise. No. Turtle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So okay. Now Sorry. I feel like we may have gone a little harsh on Jonathan Taylor Thomas because it really wasn't his fault. Guys, any more thoughts? Is there anything you, anything redemptive? Any quotes that you guys wrote down that you really liked that made you laugh? I think I've shared all mine. There is a redemptive part of this movie for me. What's that? I was bored up until the Santa race. And then as bad as the movie still is, I liked it from the Santa race on. I enjoyed my time watching. The Santa race was definitely a high point. I mean, but no, even the, even the end when he reconciles with her. Yeah. And all of that stuff, like from the Santa race to the, literally the credits. Like I was like, okay, this was okay. But beforehand, like everything beforehand, I was like, this is the most awful thing I've ever seen. The credits when uh, Jessica Biel's husband starts singing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it had it did have um, Irving Berlin's White Christmas in it, and also Here Comes Santa Claus, Gene Autry's yeah. Here Comes Santa Claus. So, so, so the music was really good in this film. Those were two high points that I can say. Those are on my likes list for this movie. You know, I feel like if you do a Christmas movie and you, you blow it on the soundtrack, you've got a real, real failure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they did. They did really blow it, in my opinion, when they busted out with uh, Tom Jones. But <laughs> the uh, the rest of it, most of the music was really, really fun. I did like the polka music. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Polka is always kind of a, a. It's an easy way to make some fun. Um, it did also have one of my least favorite Christmas songs, which is "Run Run Rudolph." I really don't like that song. Oh, I like oh, yeah. that song. Um, I I'll say this because we were talking about last week about what makes a Christmas film and all of us said like the ambiance and stuff, despite the fact that it had some really good music and 
the end scenes, the rest of this film didn't feel like a Christmas movie to me. The the end when he got home did for me. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I was talking yeah. about. The end did, but the rest of it prior to the end did not. I guess we're going to talk to Linus moments. We did see a few points at which JTT changed and he, he did see the meaning of Christmas. Like when he sat out in the car and he decided he was going to be a stalker instead of going in to get the Porsche. Mm. Um, oh, he, there was, it definitely passes the Linus test. I it does. I think yeah. so too. But, you know, he had that moment. And then when he decided he didn't hate Carol, um, when he called home and he wanted to talk to his dad or Carol um, mm. after um, the hospital. So for me, it passes the Linus test, but doesn't feel entirely like your Christmas movie to me. So I find it weird that way. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think, or like we said, I think the end is where it felt like Christmas. And not just because they, they bust out with a one-horse open sleigh. Although, if you, I, come to, if you come to my house to apologize, do it in a one-horse open sleigh, and I'm much more likely to forgive you. If, my, if I pulled up in front of my parents' house in a one-horse open sleigh, they would not immediately hop into it. They'd be like, where the heck did you get this sleigh? And why should we jump in with you? You are from New York. <laughs> <laughs> In Oklahoma, you just kind of assume that one of your friends loaned it to you. No, I'm just kidding. It's not really like that here. I was about to say, I clearly need to visit Oklahoma. No, but not everybody has horses. If, if I visit Oklahoma, I'm crashing on your couch, Tom. Uh, we, have a, we have a bedroom for you. you don't oh, have to, there you go. You can have a whole floor to yourself. Visit no. Tulsa, the place where Chandler Bing went to work. That's right. Any final thoughts before we rank our, and give our numbers? That when you said that Arthur Christmas was the movie to beat... You might be amending that tonight. Well, we'll find out in a few seconds, I'm minutes, excited. when we rate it. I'm excited. <clears throat> All right. So everybody's got their numbers picked. <clears throat> yep. Everybody's got their numbers picked. Julia, let's uh, let's let you go first this time. What do you give it? I give this movie a one. Whoa. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. is bold. Do we have so to you... give them a numerical number or can we go zero? That's a good question. <laughs> go, go, question. go for zero. Go for zero. And then, of course, there's going to have to be the uh, spinal tap moment, where, which was, for me, was Elf, where we should have turned it up to 11. We should have. Should have given it 11. But I'm going I'm to go, and I'm going to just say I give this one a two. It was awful. And I apologize to Arthur Christmas. I would gr- much, much rather see blatant mediocrity and boringness to this film. <laughs> I am going to give it a 4.5. I gave Arthur Christmas a 4. You rank record. this one higher than Arthur? I honestly think... Wow! I honestly think, gun to head, I'd rather watch this one than Arthur Christmas. Oh, and say, I will say wow. this. That at is least bold. I, at least I wasn't bored watching this. At least I can, I can see myself, you know, a few drinks, a few friends, you put on a movie, you just want to rip on the whole time. Arthur Christmas, you couldn't even do that because don't get me started on Arthur Christmas again. Arthur Christmas. I is am so surprised that you said that. I love you, man, but I've got to strongly disagree. I mean, I'd watch Arthur Christmas a million times to avoid this one one more time. I'll go so far as to say, if I knew you two were going to go so low with this one, I would have ranked it higher, so Arthur Christmas would still be low on the list. Wow! Everybody knows that they can blame you for uh, the the positivity right. in this movie. All right. There, there's no. I think it's very clear. I don't like this movie, but I'm just saying where it got that extra half a point was Arthur Christmas bored me. At least this one kept me enraged the whole time. All right. And so you're sticking with yours, right, Julia? You're good with your your one. Oh yeah, I'm fantastic with my one. I want to just double check that you're aware of some of the films we were probably 
be covering in the future. So this is going to be on like Hallmark type level. This is going to be on like I love Hallmark movies. Don't even go there. This is going to yeah, be on like a Christmas too. Story two type level. That's what you're telling me. I well, would rather this, watch a Christmas story too. Well, this ranking this system doesn't mean I won't ever give another movie a one. That's, that's does it? True. No, no. I mean, because there's not only 10 movies we're reviewing. That's true. So I will say I would rather watch a Christmas story too than watch this movie. Have you seen a Christmas have. story too? I have seen enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> I really Wait, well, hated this movie. Anyway, what's the average there? All right, our average comes out to 2.5. Generous 4.5 just really did it. <laughs> it did. Really did it. You really it cooked did. my bacon there, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> cooked my bacon. I love it. Wow. So with a 2.5, that drops this movie to number five. And I have to say, I'm looking at our top five list right now, guys. Which goes in order, Elf, Home Alone, Die Hard, Arthur Christmas, I'll Be Home for Christmas. And if we stopped right here, as this is our top five favorite Christmas movies, I would be humiliated to be associated. So I'm going to go ahead and vote we continue the podcast. (laughs) For for our listeners, we actually do have at least like well into next year scheduled through already. So all these crappy movies will be knocked out before the end of the year because we do have a lot of classics coming up within the next few months, which I am desperately looking forward to. So next week we have Krampus. I cannot wait. We'll give, and then the week after we're hitting a, we're going to hit a really good hopeful high note with uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, hitting a real classic film um, that is near and dear to a lot of people. I'm sure. I'm sure if we uh, polled all of our listeners, if we would get get a lot more people voting that they love Charlie Brown Christmas over I'll Be Home for Christmas. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Really that, that would be a fun poll we could do, so that uh, we can we can at least have some. Hopefully, hit what, a, was that a nice segue into the poll results from last week? It was into the poll results where we asked a question: If the Christmas song "Christmas in Hollis." by Run DMC is a classic Christmas song that puts you in the Christmas mood. And fortunately, out of the 19 votes we had, uh, 63% said not at all, and 37% said it was, of course, a modern classic. And sadly, Julie is not on Twitter, so she could not vote. I would have voted that it's not a classic. I'm going to (laughs) say you're not taking into account the Facebook and Instagram results we got. Nobody commented explicitly, but a lot of people loved the Christmas and Hollis posts on Facebook and Instagram. So well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I take... like them. I liked those posts, but I don't think it's a good song. I don't think let it's me, a, a feel. I don't think it's a feel good Christmas song. Let me just regale my listeners with a story for a minute. I was winning comfortably throughout the entire week, feeling good about myself, and then I'm just sitting at work today and decide to check on that stupid poll. <laughs> And lo and behold, you people voted it's not. Well, I'm going to take issue with each and every one of you and say that it is. <laughs> and say that it is. Thank you for your patronage. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you all. But I also take issue with you. Ten people? What's the, how many? Eleven people voted no. Eleven people voted no. So I would love to hear from you, eleven people, actually. If you could write in and tell me just why you feel that way, that would be great. I would, would you? I'm, would I'm just you, honestly curious. Would you like me to tell you why? 
would you like or you want to wait and discuss that next week after people chime in i want to hear from the listeners who are not going to try to troll me (laughs) (laughs) i I wouldn't be trying to troll i can i can seriously tell you why it's not a good christmas song but we'll wait till we hear back from the listeners and see if if they they hit the points i would i would so listeners and and those of you who voted yes it is i want to hear from you too and so you can explain to tom and julia why you do feel that way (laughs) and why it is so that's your your homework this week, guys. Let us know what you think of this movie. Did we... And watch Krampus. Oh, watch Krampus. But did we miss the mark here? Is there something that we missed in this movie that you think makes it better than we thought? If so, let us know. Anthony, do you want to read our two five-star reviews we got on Facebook? Sure. The first one is from Oliver Chenard. And he wrote, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is playing this podcast loud for all to hear. Which to me is like the most impressive compliment we've gotten so far. So thank you, Oliver. I love that one. (laughs) Thanks, Oliver. Our second five-star Facebook review comes from Militia Junko. And she wrote, best podcast ever. Christmas is life. Keep them coming. So thank you, Militia. That's very sweet. And it means a lot to us. We also had some Facebook messages, um, namely from Stacy McKenzie again, who last episode we mentioned coined the fantastic let your Christmas freak flag fly comment. Um, I've said it more than once this week to different people, so I'm loving that. So thank you for that, Stacy. Um, she went on to talk about Santa or Hipster um, that Tom had mentioned, loved it. And she's also used the hashtag NotMySanta. Um, in her first Facebook post of the day that day. So we love that. And we want um, all of you to use that hashtag. We let do. Share a picture and let us know who is not your Santa. I would have to post a picture of JTT hashtag, <laughs> not my Santa. <laughs> I'll be looking okay. for that. <laughs> so um, she's playing episode catch up. So she's hitting some of our previous questions. Um, first off, and I really loved this, but old man Marley from home alone um, she said, we'll always be the old man from Stephen King's Christine. And I never connected that he was in that movie, but sure enough, he was. I went back and watched it. So thanks for that, Stacy. Um, also, for our week four Christmas questions, when we talked about stockings, um, Stacy mentioned that Santa puts them on the end of their beds and each item is wrapped even down to the chapstick, which is magical, by the way. I love that. That is so cool. Um, and they do that. Um, Santa does that so the kids can have something to open when they wake up before the roosters. <laughs> um, her favorite Christmas carol is Albert Finney in the 1970s version. And she also likes Brits. So I agree across <laughs> the board. Um, she hadn't seen Die Hard, so she's looking forward to watching it. But she's telling us that what we need to watch and add to our list is Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Uh, her older sister and her used to watch it every year. Uh, she said it must have been on TV or maybe it was on beta rolling on the floor laughing her rear end off. Um, it's total hillbilly. It's total hillbilly animal Christmas, washboard playing and all. Uh, note, her kids have never been able to sit through it, but she loves it. She said it may be Julia's Arthur Christmas. <laughs> Which um, must mean she doesn't, she's not a fan of Arthur Christmas. Well, (laughs) (laughs) but have either of you guys seen Emmett Otter's Drug Band Christmas? No, have you? I have. It's Jim Henson, right? It is. I actually like it. But anyway. I've never even heard of it. Freeform plays it like once a year, maybe, if that. It was definitely on Freeform last year, though. I need to check that out. 
So Stacy, I've added that to our list. So it's something we can look at. Yay. She said she hopes you boys like the movie and she has faith that I will. So I'm hoping. Um, <laughs> and she concluded by saying Bruce Willis time, alluding that she was going to watch Die Hard, which is great. And then ho, 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 as said by the Christmas story, Santa. Hashtag not my Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. I'm going to have multiple not my Santas, I think. And I then, think um, a, whole, a whole series of not my Santa posts. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also this week, Anthony had a great article that he shared um, on our Facebook page. If you go check it out, if you didn't see it, of some of the, the most Christmassy places to visit. Um, and we had quite a few people uh, uh, engage with that one as well, including my mom. Thanks, mom. Hi, Tom's mom. Thanks for listening. So several of the locations mentioned, um, Tom's mom mentioned Fredericksburg, Texas, but she hasn't been at Christmas time. Um, so I, I don't think I was aware that Fredericksburg had a very big Christmas following, but I'm intrigued. So I want to check that out. Um, Amanda Surgeon Westman mentioned that she's pretty sure that in the pictures, Anthony posted that it was Leavenworth. Um, her and her husband had been there a few times. And then Oliver, with the great Facebook review, mentioned that he used to live in Norfolk, Virginia, and he's been to Williamsburg a few times, and it's really neat at Christmas time, especially when it snows, which, yeah, got to have snow. Totally agree. So, Isn't every place better at Christmas when it snows? Yeah. Every single place. Most definitely. So thank you so much for all of the Facebook interactions specifically, since it's what I read, but also for... um, Instagram interaction and Twitter interaction and further reviews on any of those places. We just, we really love hearing from you guys and your customs and traditions and your experiences with these same movies because y'all are really what make it special. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will try to engage more on Reddit going forward. Yes. The, uh, the Reddit page is live and we'll Anthony and I will get more involved over there. Speaking of our new subreddit, we had some interactions start this week about our, this movie. Disco 54 started a thread titled, I'll be home for Christmas, seriously, and said, I can only assume one of you is in it. I can assure you, Disco, that that none of us are in this movie. He said, if this schlock doesn't plunge to the bottom below Arthur Christmas, then we're going to need to have a serious talk. Well, now that the episode is done, I hope you're happy. I really liked what else Disco had to say. He said, you know, as you get older, you identify more with Rooney than Ferris. Well, this is the kind of film that makes you just grumble swear words and go, stupid effing kids. I honestly haven't got enough bad things to say about it. I can respect that, Disco. Vox Havoc said he'd never actually seen I'll Be Home for Christmas, but it did have one of the most earworm-esque lines in the trailer where it says, Santa yammied in your handbag. He and his sister would randomly say that to one another when they were kids. So we're excited to see the subreddit, Tis the Podcast, taking off and would love for you to join and engage in the conversation there. Let's. Have you ever been to Lindsborg, Kansas, Julia? Uh-uh. It's little Sweden, and uh, they have. Oh, I want to go there. Yeah, a friend of ours, uh, Heather from Slight Home Fight Folk Art, has talked to us about it. She and her husband have gone, and Christine and I are going to try to go for a weekend over the Christmas holiday oh. to see it in all of its Christmas okay. wonder. They do a big uh, Saint Lucia Day festival, and that's uh, that's Christine's patron saint. So we want to go up there and see that. You know the where you Sit. see the pictures of the girls with the candles on their heads. Yeah, so Heather's painting of St. Lucia is my first Christmas decoration that goes up every year. Really? Have you seen hers? Mm-hmm. We bought the original. 
Did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. You guys have the print. For yeah, we bought it for uh, I bought it for Christine. Oh. It's so Christmassy. It. We'll so put what our are stuff in the show notes as well. That's a fun. So y'all know f- what we're talking about. That's another fun thing we can ask people to let us know this week. What is your first Christmas decoration that you put out? What's the first thing that goes out in your home? What's yours, Anthony? Uh, everything goes up the same day for me. I just like my boxes vomit out Christmas all over the apartment. But the very first thing I take out <laughs> is <laughs> I want a great see... mental picture. <laughs> I, I want to see a picture of the Christmas vomit on November first. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the first thing that goes up is actually the tree. Okay. Nice. What about you guys? Well, you just said, what about you, Tom? For me, um, I bring out my, uh, nativity icon and, um, we have a fun, it's not intentional or anything. It just sort of happens. We have a fun Jim Shore, uh, Rudolph. That's yeah. like a nice folk art Americana Rudolph that, uh, somehow always ends up out immediately. I love Jim Shore stuff. I do too. And I'm not usually into Americana art, but he just does such a, a warm, well, his stuff is great. All we've bought is Christmas stuff. We bought a few of the uh, Christmas Santas. Have you seen the Santas around the world mm-hmm. that he does? Yeah, we have, we've bought a few of those. And yeah, all of his stuff we bought so far is Christmas. Jim Shore is Christmas. Mm-hmm. Hashtag my Santa. <laughs> all right. Well, now we're just kind of rambling. Um, we should announce a promotion. Anthony, you have some exciting news that we've been alluding to for a couple of weeks. Right. Yep. Before I announce that, I do just want to acknowledge something I think Stacy said in her Facebook message. Is that her name? Stacy? Um, yes. She mentioned old man Marley and Christine. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a Stephen King st- fan, Stacy, go see it. The remake because it's amazing it's so good it deserves all the praise and money it's getting and it's the perfect halloween movie if you like halloween so go see it i love it i can't wait for part two so thanks for bringing up stephen king stacy because i really wanted to plug it because i liked it that one but yeah tom uh we we've been teasing for a few weeks that we were going to do a promotional giveaway in order to entice you guys to leave us reviews on iTunes. And um, we're finally doing it. We're finally going to announce it right now. Okay, so anybody who leaves us a review on iTunes from September 25th through November 6th will be entered to win a, a Christmas Pop Funko of Uncle Eddie from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Those of you who left reviews before we announce the giveaway officially will be entered twice. And if you leave us a Facebook review, in addition to leaving us an iTunes review, you'll get a second entry in as well. So plenty of ways to get your name in there to win an Uncle Eddie Pop Funko. We'll be announcing the winner when we record... um, Okay, so if you have to leave a review for us by Halloween to be entered to win the Pop Funko Uncle Eddie from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. We're going to announce the winners on November 6th, with it, which is when Tim Allen's The Santa Claus episode will drop, so get excited. I think the three of us are very excited to do that episode. And we, uh, 
we wanted to announce the winner then because just like Santa brings gifts, the three elves who do this podcast want to deliver a gift that day too. So leave us a review on iTunes and on Facebook and enter for your chance to win. Until, so over the next week, watch Krampus. We'll be reviewing Krampus next week. And to get you in the uh, more uh, a positive, upbeat mood, following that, we'll do Charlie Brown Christmas. And hopefully next week, we'll be announcing a very special guest host for that. We're working out the details this week. We do have some very exciting stuff coming up with future episodes in terms of guests and surprises we have planned for you guys. So we're really looking forward to all of that. Hopefully, we should announce those next week. Yeah. Okay. I'm good with that. Cool. Also, as always, we really, really, really need you to your reviews on iTunes. They help us show up higher in the search and get more traffic from Apple. Let us know you're listening. If you have movie suggestions, we'd love to hear them. We've had a few listeners uh, give suggestions that have made it to our list that we will be reviewing. Um, follow us on Twitter at Tis the Pod. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook with the handle Tis the Podcast. And with that, Anthony, you want to give a drum roll for Julia? Only 91 more days or three months until Christmas. Yay! Yay! Which means a day under three months until Santa actually visits. It's so exciting, guys. It's so exciting. All right. Until next week, enjoy some awesome Jessica Beale husband. Show.